everyone, and welcome back to the Break the Bell podcast. Oh, Bell Breakers. How's it going, Bill? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm going, doing really good. Really yeah. good to be back, you it know, is. back yeah. in the flow of things. Welcome to the Break the Bell podcast. This is the show where, um, as we've mentioned before, we just kind of want to brush up for, for all you new listeners out there who haven't like gone back and listened to our old stuff. This is the show where... Uh, we um, promote free speech, free um, ideas, you know, expression of thought. We we uh, encourage d- uh, dialogue, encourage debate, Absolutely. you know. Healthy debate. Healthy debate. Not Healthy this, agreement. Not this screaming back and forth no. at each other like, oh, my side's right, which means your side's wrong. Yeah. And you, you guys are communist or you guys are fascist or yep. whatever. Yeah, the, the whole purpose of our podcast here was to... Um, for exactly that, like we got sick and tired of, um, I guess people telling each other that they're not allowed to say certain things, or or they're hate. It's hate speech if you say something that I disagree with. Yeah. So we decided to kind of maybe um, start a show where we could uh, promote that as well as possibly piss off a lot of people at the same yeah. time. Because I mean, it's fun doing both. It is. It yeah. really is. We wanted our voices to be heard with all the bullying out there and. Right, so we decide we're gonna bully back. No, yep. no, we don't. We don't bully back, but we do get a little snarky. I guess you could say as uh, that's about as that's far a nice as it's snarky, it. sarcastic, yeah. assholery, assholery. Uh, so I mean, we get we do a little bit of all of the above. So, um, welcome back again. Like I said, yes. um, but but to preface that, we we try to pitch it down the middle. Yeah, oh, the yeah. best we can. So we give both sides a hard time. Right. Uh, obviously, yeah, we like to stay as central as possible because neither one of us really subscribes to the far right or the far left right so and we don't really subscribe i don't at least subscribe to any political party i have um aspects of all of them i guess that i agree with what and and i form my own opinions which is what and and i think it's good to have balance yeah in all things so and you you should be able to just take take what you agree with and Form your own thoughts without them telling you Absolutely. what to say and just repeating the narrative. So we are big on free thought, free expression, and let your freak flag fly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what he just said. So this is an interesting week. Um, we have a special guest on, a special guest interview. His name is uh, Pat McGeehan. He is the Republican member of the West Virginia House of Delegates. And before... You just decide to tune out because you're not from West Virginia and he in no way impacts your life. Please don't do that because this guy, I mean, this is one of, one of the most interesting conversations yeah. I've had with, yeah. with anybody and, regarding politics. At right. least. Yeah, I, I felt like he was a, a you know, stand-up guy. I enjoyed our conversation right. and gave me new insight into kind of local level um, elections. Local and state level. Yeah, that's yeah. what we t- touched on a lot was... The importance of uh, getting involved with your local and state um, elections and and politics versus everyone that just sits around and and talks about the the federal level, right. like um, the, obviously the presidential election right. and which is important, but it is. it's the state level, the local level that's going to impact you even more. Right. What what affects change to you the most? So um, after the intro, you well, you have that to look forward to. That is the first half of the show, and then. During the second half, um, stick around. After that interview, we will get into some of our typical uh, weekly updates on what's going on around the country, what's going on in politics, and then what possibly a little bit of what's going on around the world. 
So make sure you stick around for that. But in the very least, if you only have one hour to listen to, listen to our interview with Pat because, um, like I said, he's he's one of the smartest guys in politics I've ever met. He's mm -hmm. probably the only politician I've ever heard from that just keeps my interest in politics. Right, yeah. And one of the few politicians I've listened to talk that actually gives me hope mm -hmm. for politicians. <laughs> right, right. So um, that'll be coming up in just a few minutes, that interview, like I said, with Pat McGeehan. Um, make sure uh, you stick around for that because that's going to be good. Um, we got a few more things to cover before we get into the main show, though. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, your your Cardinals lost. That is true. Cardinals kind of lost themselves in that last game. I, yeah. And possibly possibly some of the other games, but they made a lot of errors that should not yeah. have been made that cost. There was like towards the end, like the seventh inning or something, I think they, they missed two double plays completely. Okay. There was one where the third baseman, uh, a, a hit got like pretty much line drive straight for him and it popped. It like shot up. So he went to jump up and catch and the bases were loaded at the time. He went up to catch it, after it hit the grass and popped up and he was going to come down on third and then throw it home to make the double play. Yeah. Well, first of all, he came down, he misses third. He make he goes to throw and throws it to the dirt and oh, misses shit. the throw to home. So he, that double play turned into no outs whatsoever. And yeah. you could just see the catcher, Yachty, um, he was just pissed. Like he was mean mugging this guy the rest of the game. It's yeah. like every time another <laughs> batter got up, he's just like looking at him like, motherfucker, you better be watching this time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love the Cardinals, but like I said, I, I feel like they lost yeah. to themselves that game. To be honest, if you're going to lose a year, this is the year to do it mm -hmm. because you know it's going to go down as an asterisk year no matter what happens. Yeah, we talked about that so, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, I'm just marking this as an asterisk. That doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, they right. played, what was it? What did I say? 54 games and 45 days or yeah, something like that. So. Crazy was, shit like that. Yeah, not like just back to back double yeah, headers. So, like nine double headers or something yeah. with like two off, off days the yeah. whole season. Yeah. Something crazy. So for them to even get to that wild card game yeah. for any postseason game. I mean, I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. So, uh, My Steelers are being affected by the COVID now. Oh, yeah? So they didn't play this weekend because the Titans, who they were supposed to play, a couple players tested positive. Oh, no. So they put, took the game and they pushed that to what would have been their bye week, which is the week of, uh, it's actually October 25th is that. And so, um, yeah, so the Steeler players are a little upset about that because they, you know, they're now they're going to have to do 13 games straight mm. because they, you know, this week. So tell them to talk to the Cardinals about 13 games straight. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's not 13 days in a row. Right. Right. The Cardinals played like uh, every single day. This is and true. Some, twice a day. Sometimes. But nobody tackles the baseball players. <laughs> that's not necessarily true. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> they don't tackle them hard. <laughs> All right. Fair. Um. So, but I was reading an article where the guy was talking about like, so there's weekly COVID tests for NFL players. Mm -hmm. Any of them miss a test, they have to pay a $50,000 fine. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and tonight the Patriots are playing the Chiefs. Their quarterback for the Patriots, Cam Newton, tested positive. So he, the Patriots are playing without Cam Newton because of that. And just why don't they just tell Brady to come back and play the game, sit in for the game? I right. Mean, because like no, everybody knows. <laughs> Brady's Corona proof. So. That's true. I mean, he's like Superman. He, right. he he's not going to get anything. Right. He's got super genes that yeah, exactly that, that kills Corona. They they should have they should have taken his DNA and just put it into. I was going to say they should have just 
drawn his blood and injected that into the other players, and it would have ate the coronavirus. Oh my gosh. Then, then everybody would just be playing Superman-level football, and <laughs> they would not be able to handle it. That's true. That would just be like, that'd be worse than pumping steroids. Yeah, it would be, yeah. So we don't want Brady no. blood <laughs> no in wants, all our players. Nobody wants Brady blood. That would just ruin, ruin the game. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Where, how do we get on some of these things? <laughs> it's like we just keep talking, and it we, just we end who up knows where somewhere. it goes. Exactly. Exactly. So, but that, yeah, so that's what's going on. Otherwise, uh, we had a busy week with the debates mm. that we covered, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was a shit show. Yeah. A crazy shit show. Yeah. Um, we talked about, and I, I was going to bring this up while we we're talking about it. Um, I want to show this before we kick this intro off. Was talking about the, uh, the whole, um, what are you doing? Holy Ooh, shit. Mike, relax. Okay. It it's safe. loud. It is safe. <laughs> it was just a microphone. So before, we we're talking about how the show is about um, kind of like dialogue and having conversation and and like how it just seems that the two sides are so can't even like have a discussion or conversation with each other. And um, I shared this in the forum today, but I wanted to bring it up on here, too, in case you all missed it. This is a post um, kind of talking about that. It says shows this nice fancy picture of uh, red and black ants. It says. If you go to the southwest desert and catch 100 red fire ants as well as 100 large black ants and put them in a jar at first, nothing will happen. However, if you violently shake the jar and dump them back on the ground, the ants will fight until they eventually kill each other. The thing is, the red ants think the black ants are the enemy and vice versa, when in reality the real enemy is the person who shook the jar. This is exactly what's happening in society today. Liberal versus conservative, black versus white, pro-mask versus anti-mask. The real question we need to be asking ourselves is, who's shaking the jar and why? And that just says a ton about what's going on in our our country today, I, I feel. Like, we're, we're going back and forth at each other when we're not really the enemy of each other. Right. It's like... Who's stirring us up? Who's who's shaking up the jar? It's it's the media first Absolutely, of all. The yeah. media is a hundred percent responsible for it. Mm -hmm. um, poli certain politicians, Hollywood, mm -hmm. all these people are shaking up that jar and making us pissed off at each other. Right. The big question is why? Like, what's the why in this? Why would they? Why do they want this? And yeah. I mean, that's kind of the question we've been asking for what nineteen, I, I, twenty yeah. weeks now. People are easily manipulated when they feel fear, when they feel threatened. You know, they they more easily go with the narratives that's yeah. being provided for them. Well, if you're fighting each other, you're not fighting against um them. Uh, yeah, the people that want power, the right. the power hungry, right. ridiculous um. I, I don't know who you call it, whether it's the government or the media yeah, or all the them. above. Just yeah. them. Just just them. Just this over-encompassing them. Yes, the black helicopter people. <laughs> exactly. So that's some, some something to think about, something to really um, put in your mind, when, especially if you're getting ready to get into a heated argument with somebody that's on mm -hmm. the other side of you. Yeah. Think about that. This is what they want you to do. They want you to fight amongst yourselves. They want to divide right. us because... That's what keeps us down, I guess. Exactly. It keeps us from um, realizing our potential as Absolutely. as the public. Well, it, we'd be stronger united. And so, it, again, it's just easier to control us if we're separated. Yep. On that note, I think we're just going to get right into this interview, though, with Pat McGeehan. Like I said, he's the Republican member of uh, West Virginia House of Delegates. He is up for re-election this year. So um, anything else before we get into this? Nope. Let's just go Let's right it. with it then. Here we go. 
you, sir. You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. What the, did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right, everybody, welcome back to the Break the Bell podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest on um, for the sole reason of. Um, all the, I, I'm sure everybody is sick and tired of hearing about politics, about um, the elections coming up, because, I mean, what are we, like, five weeks away now from the elections? It's getting close. And, and, yeah, yeah, really close, and all you hear all over is who's running for the Senate, who's running for the House. Uh, the stupid debates just happened. That was just a complete uh, circus from what we saw, and we covered that a couple days ago, too. We're just kind of getting tired of it, but uh, the, the the things that don't really get covered enough, I don't think, is um, state and local politics because nobody really talks about them. Nobody really seems to even care who's running at the state level, who's running at their local level. Um, today, I we have the opportunity of bringing on, he, his name is Pat McGeehan. Did I get that right, Pat? You got it. He is the Republican member of the West Virginia House of Delegates. I mean, we are based out of Iowa, so your re-election doesn't really apply to us, but the fact that you are, are running for a, a state-level um, office, I think you have a lot to offer to um, all our listeners and, and good insight into why they should be focusing maybe less on the circus and the media of the federal elections and maybe focus more at home, the 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 smaller smaller picture. So... Welcome to the show, Pat. It's nice to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Craig. I appreciate you guys having me on your show uh, this evening. Um, yeah, I'm out here in West by God, Virginia. Um, uh, I mean, actually, the, the, the very northern panhandle of West Virginia, um, um, I could see Ohio right out my window, and I'm <laughs> okay. about... 40 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh. So I'm from nice. the northernmost little town in the whole state of West Virginia. I'm actually north by latitude of Pittsburgh. So nice. Wow. Are so, you a Steeler uh, fan by chance? I am a Steeler fan. Yes. Yeah. This so, is my two, man. Two Steelers fans in one week. That I we know. On I, that is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, I grew up to stories of Mean Joe Green and the Steel yes. Curtain and those guys from the late 70s my old man was a Steeler fan so nice but uh i don't really watch too much nfl anymore yeah uh, for some obvious reasons i guess but right. it's unfortunate uh yeah but anyway i'm uh pleased to be on you guys' show uh, yeah, i was telling yeah. you guys before maybe we started recording i uh big fan of field of dreams so i kind of have a natural uh 
love just for that movie, uh, through that movie for Iowa. So and there awesome. you go. There you go. Are you, are you, do you have a baseball team that you follow? I'm a huge baseball fan. I stuck with the Pirates through 20 straight losing seasons. <laughs> That's dedication. Uh, I was 12 years old when they were last um, um, prior to uh, 2014. Anyway, I was 12 and 92 when they lost to the Braves in the pennant, I believe, the National yeah. uh, National League Championship Series. So 20 years mm-hmm. later, man, they finally, I think, I think it was over that, actually. They finally made it to uh, – and the new, um, you know, uh, schematic, they finally made it to the postseason. But, Very nice. yeah, I mean, I started kind of adopting Boston as okay. my uh, second favorite team like 10 years ago just so I can watch, you know, I don't know, some some yeah. so, somebody baseball. Win- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. No, I, I did the same thing last year. Like, I'm a huge Cardinals fan. I have been for probably 15 years now. And um, last year when the Cardinals got booted out, I kind of adopted the Nationals as a favorite through the World Series just because they they were an older team. I think they had an average – their average age was like 33 or 34, which is really old for baseball. And, man, they, yeah. they were just a super fun team to watch, just like how they re- interacted with each other. And then they yeah. won the World Series, and then they got rid of almost all their, their – really good players and so they were garbage. It's a shame history. how they do that. Yeah. They they do that with the pirates all the time. Comes yeah, and seems, goes. Seems so like, it's almost like Pittsburgh's a, a farm team for some of the other big league teams. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm a big baseball fan. I'm trying to convince Bill to get more into baseball. So it's I get game talk. of anticipation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love it. And it's almost over too, which is sad, but at least they did have playoffs. At least they had somewhat of a team this year. But um, we're not necessarily here to talk about baseball. I could talk about baseball literally all night. So, um, like I like I um, interluded with um, talking about state and local politics. You are um, up for re-election as the West Virginia House of Delegates, which is obviously a state level office. Personally, I've never voted in a state election or a local election ever in my life, and um, it's probably a, a damn shame, but. Um, I just wanted to get your view on, first of all, why why you think it's important to get into these these smaller elections like the state and local level. Well, I mean, the state legislature is really, I think, where you can affect um, the most change. And I'm not saying that you can affect a lot of change right now through the state legislature, but you at least have a sliver of a chance of getting something meaningful passed or done or accomplished in the pursuit of you know basic first principles um and for other reasons i think that we are going to live to see within our lifetimes anyway i think the state legislatures are going to play very key roles and i think it's very important to have the right uh, men and women in those positions um we're $27 trillion in debt right now. Uh, we have enormous centralized governments that are passing essentially edicts um, across the country with these various governors shutting down you know, private property businesses left and right just on a whim. Uh, we have uh, one man rule going on through all these different um, states. Um, and so, uh, uh, 
getting those educated in the classical sense, um, men and women into these different positions uh, is, is very important because what we're witnessing right now, I believe, unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong about this, is the unraveling of, uh, of what we have always come to know in our lifetimes, in our parents' lifetimes as the you know, United States of America. I don't think we're going to have the same political makeup, um, you know, in the future going forward. And uh, uh, we need to have people in those right spots to 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 at least mitigate the fallout and the damage as best uh, as possible. I mean, we're seeing um, all the urban cities uh, rioting, violence, right? Um, um, you know, uh, total chaos essentially. Mm-hmm. This is what you would expect when you know you have such powerful um, nation states in charge. Uh, or such powerful centralized authorities anyway in charge where, uh, you know, there's no natural accountability anymore. You have mm-hmm. uh, the printing press running wild. So you're essentially paying people to stay home. And then uh, on the other side, not only are you increasing demand for people to stay home, but you're also restricting supply and telling business owners they can't even operate. Uh, so, you know, it's a natural consequence, I believe. And it, I can't believe it. It hasn't been more widely pointed out that the the lockdowns largely contributed to what I think we're seeing as a, a culmination of years of, um, of 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 cultural differences and uh, years of uh, discontent, mm-hmm. um, uh, culminating some sort of some sort of uh, you know um, um, cultural up up changing sort of event. I'd hate to call it some sort of uh, miniature French Revolution, but mm-hmm. it sure feels like something like that anyway. So, yeah, no. um, yeah, you know, we definitely talking. need some smart men and women uh, in place that you know aren't going to be some sort of um, you know <laughs> are going to reenact some sort of insane Robespierre policy or something right, when it gets right. really bad. Because what happens when the final straw, um, you know? breaks the camel's back and that's the US dollar starts to rapidly depreciate. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'll tell you what, it can't go on like this much longer. And that's really the only thing that's keeping this union together is the almighty dollar. And it's not very almighty anymore. No, no, yeah. it's uh, been on a downward decline for, for <laughs> decades now. Yeah. Um, so, I hope I'm wrong about all that. And I hate to paint a dismal no, picture. Uh, but. Unfortunately, I mean, that's something we've been talking on our show is exactly what you talked about is this, this, you know, seemingly fall into some kind of, you know, French revolution with, you know, the possibility of a Weimar Republic sitting in the wings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not familiar with uh, West Virginia's policies. Did they do a shutdown? Um, what, what, what was the, the governor's reaction to everything? Yeah, going on? there was a lockdown order that was given, um, you know, not too long after the initial panic in March. It, it wasn't as enforced in, say, a draconian way like like Michigan was, but mm-hmm. you know, it was still it was still given, and there was uh, you know plenty of other um, orders that were given. I mean, this declaration of emergency that mm-hmm. our governor's citing for all these um, extraordinary, insane um, uh, edicts he's passing out. 
executive orders he's passing out is still going on. Um, so even though some of the, what he has done has not been as uh, enforced as, as, as ardently as some other states, um, just the fact that they're legally asserting their right to do it and they have not conceded any limit to their authority from what right. I can tell yet is mm-hmm. uh, is telling and, and it really sets a horrible precedent. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know. I do see even um, the local or not the local, the state governments and even at a local level, the ones that are actually kind of trying to take control and say and push the big government out from the decision making. It seems more of a political stunt on their part, like they they just don't like Trump so much that they're going to take a stand against it as a state and say, hey, you can't come into our state because we're we're a sovereign state or what what have you. But it seems to be more of just that bickering back and forth with Trump. It's not necessarily anything that's in the best interest of the states themselves. It's just just sticking it to uh, President Trump more than anything, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, I think a lot of the decisions that have been made over the last six or seven months have been purely politically motivated. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we're, we're seeing power politics play out across the country you know, mm-hmm. in a hyper Machiavellian way. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't really live in a society anymore that uh, believes in objective truth, which is is fine there's no objective rules apparently that anyone needs to really follow i mean you can just riot in the streets burn property to the ground shoot people and you know there's no consequences there's no you know certain absolute morality there it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like it anyway it seems like we're living in some sort of nihilist uh, society Mm -hmm. um which i think we are unfortunately and this is the result in the end because you know we got politicians that we take an oath of office, but uh, it's just a formality, ceremonial function. Mm-hmm. They put their hand in the Bible, swear to God to, you know, defend the Bill of Rights. But, you know, when it comes right down to it, their lawyers make up some sort of stretchy, insane argument as to why they can do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, nothing uh, is uh, uh, held true and fast anymore. And so I think this is, you know, this is largely a result of, um, you know, in my opinion, anyway, a secular sort of nihilist society that mm-hmm. that uh, has, um, you know, placed um, placed uh, uh, you know, uh, what's expedient um, and uh, and their own comforts over over, you know, what uh, I think many people da- know down deep as uh, what what the truth really is. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, uh, I find it when you live in a society that has, as you mentioned, like no set morals or no set um, moral compass, how does a country this size actually have a f- like a focus, like a central focus? Like how, how do we get along when everybody has their own moral compass? Everybody has their own idea. If there's no set right and wrong, then ev- anyone's going to have their own picture or view of what right and wrong looks like. So. I mean, clearly you're going to get in a situation like this where um, you're screaming at each other because what you think is right, they think is wrong and vice versa. And you're just a 
a racist or a, a hateful person because you disagree with what I think is right or, or vice versa. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree that when you live in that kind of um, scenario where there is no standard anymore of morality, then, then how do you, I mean, how do you reconcile with a, a country the size of the United States? Yeah, and the answer is you, you just can't, um, and, and that's unfortunate. We used to be able to uh, maintain harmony and peace and civilization through strong market forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, market forces left to their own devices used to be at least strong enough to give very good incentives as to why we should cooperate with one another, even though we have very diverse backgrounds. Um, um, you know, the division of labor, you know, comparative advantage, all those ec- economic incentives. Those used to play a, a, a much larger role, but the larger the government has, you know, grown, it's squeezed those forces out and it's become the predominant authority in society. And now, um, you know, you have corporate America, which has adopted radical left-wing um, um, ideologues as, you know, their chief executives in some instances, and they're more than willing to even risk um, uh, losses to their own bottom line to forward, uh, you know, this sort of, you know, radical ideology. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you have uh, conservatives who've carved out their own, you know, cultural market centers like you know, uh, conservatives over here where I live, will, you'll usually, you know, taunt and um, promote, uh, not taunt, but promote and patronize uh, like Chick-fil-A or something. Right, you know, right. Where, you know, liberals are going to be going and getting their coffee at Starbucks or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a lot of companies that engage in this and it's bewildering to me. I never thought I'd see anything like it. And, yeah. um, you know, you have, you have uh, large companies and corporations that are willing to alienate uh, an entire demographic, um, um, uh, notwithstanding any losses. I don't think they're taking any losses, by the way, but I think right. they're, they're, they, um, they're willing to do it. And that's, um, that's, that's just, that's just something I think that's new. And we haven't really seen that, uh, mm-hmm. in the past in this country. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Yeah. 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 We are, we're in weird, weird times. Like, um, the divisiveness of this year alone is beyond what I've ever seen. And it's been growing obviously for at least a decade now, maybe longer, but man, in this last year, it's just like, we just shot to our sides, right versus left. There is no middle ground anymore. Fortunately, there is, there is, there are people that do sit in the middle. I think the majority of people like actual, uh, the public sit somewhere in the middle, hopefully if they're not, um, just subscribing to their political party or whichever news source they decide to go with. There is middle ground there, and there are some politicians that want want to meet in the middle, but those aren't the ones you hear about. Those aren't the ones that make very much uh, headway in politics anymore mm-hmm. because— They don't have the biggest platform. Yeah. They yep. don't have the stage. Because people feel that they're uh, washed up or they're um, flip-floppers or, or what have you. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just a sad world we live in where— Somebody who's trying to meet halfway is is kind of considered um, 
is kind of shunned because of the fact that they they want to bring unity to a, a completely divided country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that in some respects, and I think people that uh, you and I have both probably um, respected in the past, um, ironically, are seen as the guys that are trying to be the peacemakers. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say one thing that um, these radical sides will finally come and sing uh, praise upon in unison would be uh, overseas uh, war, which is Mm -hmm. the only thing I've seen the political class clamor for um, together over the past couple of years, which is baffling to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about the wars and all that, um, I know you were involved with, I don't know how involved you're involved with the defend the guard act there in West Virginia. Um, Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit a bit about that? That's uh, referring to the bill that uh, states that the National Guard uh, it prevents the National Guard from being deployed into a combat zone without um, congressional declaration. So, talk yeah, a little bit sure. about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've introduced that bill for five years in a row now. Uh, I first wrote the bill back in 2015, and I work with the Tenth Amendment Center on it. Um, mm-hmm. I like those guys out there. They do really good work. Um, but I was really searching for a way to affect foreign policy from the state level. And, you know, one thing about the state legislature is a lot of times it's not, well, it's definitely not as difficult to get elected to the state legislature in most states than it is to federal office. Um, and you can find that you may be able to persuade more of your colleagues through rational argumentation, not all the time, but more so than you would at the federal level because they're not as beholden to money to get reelected. Mm-hmm. Um, they're small districts. A lot of these guys come from communities that they're just sort of natural leaders from. They're just sort of, you know, there's a consensus about them where they live. Everyone knows them. They know everybody. You know, I'm speaking in general terms here. So, they don't need a whole lot of money to get reelected. Um, and that means they're not as attached to interest groups and lobbyists, um, you know, unless you're independent wealthy, you know, running for federal Congress, you need to make all sorts of different promises. And it doesn't matter what kind of argument someone else might be putting up, um, on the floor of the house or Senate chamber, you're not going to listen to them because you've already got your marching orders. So in the, at the state level, uh, the Defend the Guard Act came into play where, you know, you, w- when you kind of recognize that, that uh, make that observation about state level politics, and you know there's some people in the legislature with you that already sort of have that sentiment, and they're not as tied to uh, interest groups, um, you can make some progress. And so, you know, there's a couple of different facets about the Defend the Guard bill that I really like. One is it keeps the uh, attention uh, in the local press on on the different foreign wars that our country has been engaged in for two decades now. And really, we've been at almost a perpetual state of war since the Second World War. Um, so, you know, that's definitely contributing to that national debt that we as fiscal conservatives are supposed to care about. Yeah. Um, not to mention all the unnecessary blood that's been spilt, you know, in these um, 
overseas uh, sort of adventures that the brass and the different um, career politicians engage our troops in. So, like you said, this bill, in effect, would uh, withhold, you know, the a given state's National Guard units from federal control um, if the feds move to send them overseas into combat zones in the absence of a formal declaration of war from the U.S. Congress. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's an easy bill to defend. Um, a lot of people understand that you're supposed to have a vote before you go to war mm -hmm. and they don't understand why that would be controversial. But uh, and, and so that's one reason why, you know, I think it, I think it should be introduced in more states. And mm -hmm. we can get to that in a minute. It actually is being introduced in a lot more states this coming year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, you know, it, it, it uh, it's a way to um, also assert some sort of decentralized control and uh, pushback against, mm -hmm. um, you know, against Washington, D.C. and centralized authority in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and it could be very effective. You know, this past year, I think I had the most success um, because uh, I, I had it. Uh, I'm going to use some inside baseball terms, but discharged from committee and, uh, you know, uh, achieved a tie vote a couple times on that. That made a lot of headlines when you get a 50 50 vote right. in the at the state house. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's that's usually unheard of. Um, and then um, cleared, uh, cleared, cleared a committee um, and uh, before it was finally killed. But but, um, you know, we were gaining a lot of momentum. And now we have this coalition that's come together called Bring Our Troops Home. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the website's Bring Our Troops Home dot U.S. And uh, a lot of good guys are involved in that from different states. And we're hoping to have. Um, Possibly two dozen states introduce this same bill um, come uh, after the new year here, uh, this nice. coming year. So, so um, basically, like like I said, so this bill just states that uh, you can't deploy the National Guard without an official declaration of war. Which one was the last time uh, the United States officially de declared war? Was it World War II? Because that's what I've read. And yeah, heard. it was the Second World War. Um, it was actually in early 1942 when I believe we went ahead and declared war the last time was on a couple different countries in Eastern Europe that mm -hmm. became allied with the Nazis. Okay. So we declared war on Japan, of course. Uh, then Hitler declared war on us uh, later in December. We declared war on Germany after that. And then I think maybe in uh, – you had to check – check google but i think maybe like february of 42 we uh, the mm -hmm. last time the congress issued a declaration of war was for a few smaller countries within the axis powers that were sort of sort of satellite mm -hmm. uh, states to the third reich by that time but that's it man after that yeah. korea that was done unilaterally by the chief executive president mm -hmm. truman said we're going to war in korea under the banner of the united nations never <laughs> consulted congress we just did it. Yep. And then ever since then, that's essentially what's happened. Uh, Follow precedent. It, yeah. The, the president, um, you know, um, um, takes us to war. 
you know, maybe Congress is consulted later or maybe it's a foregone conclusion and uh, and there's a for formal vote taken. Now we have this thing called the AUMF, the Authorization for Military Force, Authorization for the Use of Military Force, and it it's uh, much different than a declaration of war. It, it's, it's basically like a blank check, mm -hmm. uh, you know. I always compare it to a, a, a search warrant versus a general writ. You mm -hmm. know, the British, when they seized Boston back in 1775, I think, uh, uh, you know, after Paul Revere's ride and all of that, yep. they had these general writs where they would just have them signed by some authority, some British judge, and said, yeah, you can search any home you want in Boston. You know, not really a warrant right right so it has it's to be very specific check. under the fourth amendment well that's sort of the same concept with an AUMF it says okay. uh mr president you can uh go to war and stay at war you know wherever you like for as long as you like we approve that so, <laughs> thanks yeah and like, and like, you, like you said we've basically been at perpetual war since 1942 right. so industrialized military yep Yep. So um, for them to just be able to uh, call up the state National Guard or whoever, the even the active duty, and just send them wherever they want without, as you mentioned, without a vote, without us having any choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah it's uh, Congress that, that votes on it, but still, we're the ones that put Congress, the, the senators, into office by vote. So essentially, we, we have kind of a say when Congress... Um, declares war but when it's just a, an executive order or, or what you're describing there then we have no say in the matter whatsoever whether no. we agree with the war or not it's, and look at like vietnam how many people were against the war um by the end of it or even in the middle of it we had probably the nation was probably almost as split on that issue as they are now um, with all this other stuff going on today and yet for some reason our president sent, kept for how many years um, our our troops in Vietnam? Yeah, you're right, and that's interesting. You brought up Vietnam because um, that was the last time the actual draft was used, and they learned a lesson. And when I say they, I'm, I mean um, the brass, the Pentagon, and um, the 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 sort of uh, war hawks. They they learned a lesson that. Uh, conscription meets a lot of resistance. And uh, so what they did was after that, because remember, after after Vietnam, uh, August 15th, 1971, because of the Johnson's Great Society and the Vietnam War, costs exploded within the federal government. And Nixon ended up severing the final link to the gold standard. Um, mm. So they, 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 they learned a lesson that, uh, uh, you know, wars are expensive, yeah, but now they don't have any real hard limits on the amount of uh, debt they can monetize mm -hmm. because they severed the link with the gold standard. And uh, now they can essentially blow up the uh, federal military, um, not have to rely on, on, on a draft, to supplement, um, you know, offensive wars when they need more troops overseas, and they don't have to uh, 
incur any other sorts of pain because they don't have to impose taxation to fund the wars. So the general public becomes a lot less war weary because they don't feel in the, in the pocketbook as mm-hmm. much. Of course, you know, they're going to feel it, but they're just not going to usually be able to connect the two dots because when prices finally start going up, that can always be blamed on something else. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, ever since um, the seventies, uh, they've been, they've been debasing the dollar. A lot of that has to do with uh, much of the foreign wars, not all of it, of course, entitlement spending and just spending on federal bureaucracy mm-hmm. in general. But yeah, you're seeing a lot of, um, uh, a, a lot of this play out um, because of this assumption of empire that uh that that the united states made after uh, the second world war to essentially replace the british Mm -hmm. um, and some of the european nations around the world and um you know it's it's unfortunate Uh, there's you know it's just it's it's pretty sickening to me to tell you the truth yeah i mean it's just Mm -hmm. people know better these are educated people they, they've read all the classics. They know history. They know the lessons of history. They know where this ends. It's not like uh, I don't think any of us are going to be mistaken for hippies on this uh, uh, right. on this uh, podcast here. You know, um, so it's just you know, war is justified sometimes. You know, I mean, I'm a Catholic. Thomas Aquinas was one of my favorite saints, one of the doctors of the church, and the guy probably most responsible for promulgating what's come to be known as just war theory. But mm-hmm. I don't think any war since the Second World War has ever met any of the criterion within the classical definition of just war theory. It's just, right. it's just absurd. And that's Thomas Aquinas is one of the most conservative philosophers and thinkers, you know, from Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think it's too much to ask just to say, hey, can we at least follow what we teach? our generals and our young officers in the military. I mean, that's how I learned just war theory. Uh, mm-hmm. I went to college at the Air Force Academy. That's what they taught me. Mm-hmm. Well, we yeah. don't follow what we teach. And uh, and that's right. disappointing. And that's one reason why I was uh, drawn to uh, Donald Trump was largely because of his America First policy with respect to uh, less intervention overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he hasn't always lived up to that. But I think when his, his instincts are usually right, um, for the most part, I mean, he's got his bombastic style. We've all saw that in the debate a couple of nights <laughs> right. ago. But, yes. uh, but, you know, I mean, at least at least, you know, I think you can see a lot of uh, at least the, 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 the military industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us all about. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it, the warfare stat, uh, state or the, the national security apparatus. They at least think that he's serious because I think a lot of the um, of the hostility towards Trump, um, some of it at least stems from that entrenched um, view of empire within uh, the beltway of Washington, D.C. Yeah. And then um, you you mentioned how he 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 claims to be America first, but then you get obviously everybody saying that that's just a part of Trump's racism or his um, nationalism. What, nationalism, white nationalism. And how, how do you how do you respond to that? Because um, everyone, not everyone, but a good good 50 percent says that, well, Trump's only America first because he hates everyone else. Well, 
I think he's actually very genuine when it comes to trying to stay out of wars. Um, and the reason why I think that is you can look up an op-ed he wrote and paid for in, I believe, 1992 in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can look it up. And, um, you know, that's 30 years ago. And he blasted um, then President George H.W. Bush right. as being a fool, essentially, for getting us involved in the first Gulf War in the Middle East. And I don't know where, you know, he's not, he's definitely not, you know, an ideologue or anything. So I don't know where it comes from, this, mm-hmm. this instinct or this belief to, to keep us out of these um, um, uh, foreign wars or to at least try. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it seems to be very genuine and it goes back a long time. And yeah. uh, I mean, you know, look, look at the things that he's for. Um, he he if if you take away his personality and you just lay everything all of his his policy uh prescriptions on a piece of paper and sit him right next to Pat Buchanan's you're probably not going to be able to tell much of a difference right um so and I'm not endorsing everything about you know Pat Buchanan's policies or anything <laughs> like that you know I'm just saying that uh one thing they definitely all have in common is they're very much um, you know, anti-intervention. Right, and, you right. know, I think there's, there's, their, their reasons are pretty genuine too. They know war, uh, overseas wars are expensive. It gets a lot of people unnecessarily killed, but it also leads to um, s- societies being upended and, right. and culture being upended and, and, and strong conservatives um, very much take pride and heritage in their own culture. And there's nothing more, um, socially upending or socially changing than than war you know war is the health of the state you know mm-hmm. so so uh maybe move away from that um kind of wanted to get into maybe obviously you've been talking about your views but maybe a little bit of your political platform um you are on paper a republican um delegate but um, I, I know I've read articles that claim you're a libertarian. Are you libertarian, like, personally, or do you just subscribe to some of the views and run as a fiscally conservative Republican or or whatever, what have you? So what what exactly are you? Because I, I, I've read multiple reports about people calling you— No, I mean, you I a- have libertarian leanings for sure, a small R and I, a small L. I don't—, um, I don't um, yeah, you're not going to find me switching to the the Big L Libertarian Party anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I would a lot of those people seem to be libertines and sort of left leaning yes. folks. Um, you know, but uh, I, I I I I subscribe to Austrian economics. Um, you know, um, I'm a huge fan of Ludwig von Mises and Murray Rothbard and um, F. A. Hayek. I like him too. I think he compromised too much in some places. Um, and some of the older guys from the ni- 19th century that sort of initiated the Austrian School of Economics. I have a great deal of respect for them. Um, and, um, you know, culturally, I'm very conservative. I'm a Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, legally, I think the government's purpose, really, if we're going to have a government, should be strictly the defense of life and property. And um, once you get outside of that realm, um, 
you know, you have uh, you have serious problems. You've uh, not only changed the definition of what government's uh, fundamental purpose is, protecting life and property from violence, um, but now you have to determine uh, this some sort of teleological objective where it used to be there's a first moral principle that was absolute in the in the way that we would describe self-defense mm-hmm. and justify it we've just essentially granted to a very small state to do but now you have to determine what the uh end goal is and now you don't have a moral universal anymore you have a subjective goal of ends usually in some sort of utilitarian um description like uh well now the the purpose of government is uh to provide for the greatest good um you know and how do you define that well it's impossible it's uh now you've just entered i wouldn't say uh moral relativity although it can grow into that Mm -hmm. um, because you do have some sort of common principle it's just undefinable so once it becomes things become undefinable then you know now you're just arguing over um you know uh, well you know Mussolini made the trains run on time so it must be justified you know you get down to those level of arguments it's like well thanks you know the VA did better this year than next year oh great <laughs> so you they're know, great they misdiagnosed you know only half the patients that came in and not, and, mm-hmm. and not, and not uh, 75% of them that's so. starting at really low bar to start with so to say that the va is um doing better isn't saying a whole lot at all right 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 i, I I'd, I'd be dead if, if if it was for the if i just relied on the va i i went in and got i had open heart surgery just real quick i'll tell the story i had open heart surgery two years ago i have a, mm. a rare heart uh, condition that's hereditary called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy mm-hmm. and it just means enlarged heart uh had these strange symptoms i could no longer exercise went into the va in pittsburgh they have all the great expensive technology i guess they just don't have um, some people that are competent enough or that care enough to (laughs) to discern it Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that about everybody by the way the va i'm just saying that this is a consequence of incentives within a government-run institution they Mm -hmm. gave me a clean bill of health and you know um four or five different cardiologists later at the Cleveland clinic, they finally said, Oh, this is what you got, man. So that's so, gotta be yeah. a great campaign slogan. The the candidate with the big heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think when they opened my chest up, they were probably surprised I had one. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, you mentioned how this is like a, a symptom or a sign of how um, possibly government ran healthcare would look. And, um, I was in the military. You can see the the flag behind me. Um, yeah, I, looks like I a Semper Fi. Yep, yep. Um, I experienced, at, in the very least, um, I experienced Navy Dental was the worst for me because um, <laughs> I went to get a, a cavity drilled at boot camp, and um, they're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna numb you up." raise your hand if you feel this so they start to drill i'd raise my hand they did that like three times i i could still feel it and they're like no we're just gonna have to go for it i could still feel probably at least 40 percent of the pain i can't stand dentists since then and so when people talk about hey let let's let the government handle our medical 
That's yeah. the first thing I go back You've to. You've never had that. a military doctor nope. if you want that. <laughs> no. Yeah, you never experience me, uh, military, medical, mi- military, dental. Like you said, there are there are good ones out there. I don't want to put them all down, but <laughs> I've had my bad experiences, and I know people. Yeah, I, no, right, right. I, I know a guy that he was a, a first sergeant when I was in, and he went to get some basic procedure done. I don't even know what the pre- procedure was, but inevitably he became unable to have children after this procedure. I, Hopefully it wasn't oral surgery. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's uh, um, uh-huh, government-led sorry. medical in, from my viewpoint. So Right, yeah. Well, you know, it's just uh, it's it's a shame, you know. I think I think there's some meaningful reforms that can be done to to improve it, um, but you know, I mean, largely you 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 just don't want the government to um, to to be you know running these uh, different enterprises in society. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably a reason why um, the government doesn't directly run a grocery store, you know. Right. It's kind of funny that the, the 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 institutions that are directly government run have nothing to do with what you actually need first to survive. You would think you would need right. food to survive first, you know, not education, but the government, you know, monopolizes right. the educational system. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's yeah. a coincidence. Oh, no, it's not a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I have my theories and I share them a lot, so uh-huh. – um, uh, Pat, so going uh, into this next um, term, do you have a list of uh, things you're wanting to accomplish, a list of goals, a vision? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, um, so if, if I get over the hump uh, next month, it'll be my fifth term. Mm-hmm. And um, it wears on you. It does wear on you. Um, I imagine. Because it seems like, you know, you're just constantly banging your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um I will say just up front that a lot of times when you get into a position where, um, you know, uh, when you get into a position where you don't have um, as many allies as you would like on um, all the different issues, you try to you try to build coalitions to force things forward. That's what I've done essentially with the Defend the Guard Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, reach out to uh, more constitutionalists and, and conservatives on, on, on the right and then get, you know, um, progressive um, Democrats that that happen to, you know, they're, to 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 have some principles. And there, there mm-hmm. are some, you know, I'm going right. to they're just people. They, they just I think they're misguided terribly on a lot of issues. But, you know, they're they're pretty good on this one issue. Some of them in the mm-hmm. state house, more so than some of my Republican colleagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um so sure. uh, so you build coalitions so mm-hmm. and that's what i'm going to try to do again with this defend the guard bill mm-hmm. uh, but like what i was uh, i guess trying to say initially there was you've got to be ready to to stop bad pieces of legislation mm-hmm. and that is the thing that you find the most often your time gets dedicated towards um, um you know it's, it's pretty much just a, a legal factory some sort of law factory anymore where they just mm-hmm. pump law after law out and um, you know you got to beware for those and, and be ready to uh to to lend your voice in opposition when it's needed and uh and, and judge everything by proportionality you know you don't want to pick too many hills to die on 
um, you spread yourself thin. So you got to determine, you know, what fights you absolutely have to put up. And, uh, and you find yourself having to do that, uh, more frequently than you will, um, find yourself, um, having success actually passing in a positive way, uh, mm-hmm. from our perspective, uh, more beneficial legislation to try to, uh, shrink the size of government in, you know, in some way, try to get it out of the affairs of, um, of society. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, in particular, you know, I mean, I've introduced a bill to abolish the income tax every single year I've been down there. It's gone nowhere. You know, I mean, (laughs) a lot of these just end up being symbolic because you just understand that, you know, Mm -hmm. no one's ever going to it's not going to gain any serious traction unless you get some serious um, people elected. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can always say, hey. I did what was in my control. You had the opportunity because the bill was sitting right in front of your desk. So, right. Right. yeah. Yeah. Having just having your name on it, um, people can't point at you and say, Hey, what'd you do? You can at least say, Hey, I tried this. I tried yeah. this. You, you can't, you can't, um, be accused of not trying at least or not, not doing your job when, when you're actually fighting tooth and nail to get some of the stuff that even might not have a, yeah. a prayer and, in the legislation or whatever, but at least you put forth your effort to go push what you actually believe in or the morals that you actually have. And like you were saying at state level, I'm sure it's a lot easier to push for something you believe in when you don't have all the, the, the strings tied to all the, the people that you owe favors to, or all your quote unquote constituents, um, the, the big money dollars that got you elected in the first place. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You just, and one reason, one, one thing you got to do is resist personal ambition. There's a lot of guys who get in the state house and they'll think it's a bench to um, use to propel themselves to some new, better, and higher office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I've told other people this. If I had half the constitutionalists and small government guys and gals that I served in the legislature with me at any given time, um, that left and lost for higher office, we could have made a huge impact by now. But mm. uh, unfortunately, you know, someone always talks them into running for, you know, Congress or governor or whatnot, and they lose. And mm. um, it, uh, I'm not saying it's always an unwise decision to, to run for one of those offices. But, you know, many times um, like-minded folks uh, do make uh, imprudent decisions out of their own personal ambitions and they rationalize their decision away by telling themselves they can win when really, I mean, just look at the practicality of what they're talking about. Um, they don't have a chance. But anyway, I mean, that's spent too much time on that. But mm-hmm. uh, I do think we need uh, to focus more at the state level. It doesn't cost a lot of money. And that's, that's, that's the thing that um, really needs to get out there is that you can be very effective and uh, uh, in, in nullifying federal federal orders, nullifying. Um, you know, look look at medical marijuana, for instance, uh, or just marijuana in general. I mean, something like over half the states have legalized uh, the use of uh, cannabis in one mm-hmm. form or fashion. Mm-hmm. It's still illegal on the books from uh, according to the feds. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a form of nullification. I mean, that's a form of just, well, 
Right. You know, sorry, it's not constitutional what you did. So Augustine's famous quote from book four, I think, of the city of God, which was uh, an unjust law is no law at all. So that comes in handy too, you know, at the yeah, state level. Man. You can you can you can stop very bad legislation at the state level easier um, because you could. <laughs> unfortunately, what I'm about to say is you can speak the truth because you don't have any strings. You don't uh, tie to you. You don't owe anyone any favors. You can speak the truth and the truth can become a powerful thing. And it puts people in a very uncomfortable spot when you're saying it out loud in front of God and his creation. Mm-hmm. And they have to make a decision now with pressure on and people being able to tune in and the press there filming everything, whether to push yes or no. And they got to, you know, they have to uh, and their minds that can be very pressureful and but they do have to to answer the constituents mm-hmm. and um, um, about why they voted a certain ways. So even if the leadership, say the Speaker of the House behind closed doors says you guys all have to vote for this or else, you know, or they make uh, promises and say, hey, we're going to do this for you. We'll give you this. We'll give you that. Um, Even if those meetings go on behind closed doors at the state level, if you have someone that's willing to stand up uh, regardless, once the debate comes to the floor uh, and, and make strong, rational arguments that are powerful against against these these negative bills um you can have some success beating them down even in spite of the promises that made because then all bets are off and say look man i know i made those deals and i know i shook hands but now it's for reals we're out in the public and he's doing this to me so i'm sorry (laughs) right so well we're getting close to the end of uh the time you you allotted for us i know you got a lot of stuff on your plate a lot going on i guess um Final question, um, just to, you can keep it as short as you want. Um, just uh, give me your pitch for people in your district in West Virginia to reelect, as well as pitch the idea just in a few sentences of why we should get out and vote locally or, or state level. I know you, you've covered it, but just give us like a two-minute breakdown of your people there in West Virginia, why they should vote for you. And then also for people around that our listeners that aren't from West, West Virginia, why they should get out and vote for people like you. Well, I tell the truth. I pursue the truth and all that that entails. And I take my oath of office very seriously, and namely that I defend the Constitution as written. Uh, no compromise. Um, as far as your second question with respect to others around the country that might be listening um, and why they should get out and, and, and focus a lot on the state uh, level politics in the state legislature. Um, there are probably good men and women that are running for office that really need your help that might be like minded. And uh, I believe that the approach that we've been discussing this entire uh, podcast here for the last oh, hour or so is essentially the Ciceronian approach, the classical approach that's 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 been proven to at least um, at least have the best chance of producing not only the greatest amount of prosperity but the greatest amount of uh, 
uh, of morality, of, uh, of, of absolute morality. And so um, we need to learn lessons of history. A lot of the guys that are running for local office uh, may have already done that, uh, and they might need your help because they're surely, if they have learned those lessons and they're actually going to put them in practice, uh, they're not going to be receiving the big bucks from the big special interest donors uh, whatsoever. And unless they're independent, wealthy, independently wealthy, they're not going to win without your support. I like it. Well, um, we really appreciate having you on, Pat. Yeah. Um, we, we appreciate the time that you, you've given us. And um, um, I definitely agree with absolutely everything you say in respect to the government and how it should be, how it should function. And, um, and all that stuff. It's a lot of good information there. I feel like we could probably talk for hours on end if you had the time. Um, I would love to get you back on and sure. possibly after the election and see how that went. Um, and then sure. also maybe dig into some of this other stuff because I know you have some books out. Um, you have all this other stuff you got going on besides the government too. So um, it'd be it'd be fun to get into some of that other stuff. But for now, Definitely. again, again, thanks for coming on. Um, just go ahead and plug where people can find more information out about you and, um, find, uh, find you on social media and all that stuff. You know, I've got a, I've got a Facebook page, just Pat McGeehan. Um, I, I've got, you know, my political page, uh, where my campaign guru is using right now for, for the, uh, re-election drive, uh, Pat McGeehan for House of Delegates. Um, other than that, you know, my personal email, I can give you everyone that it's patmcgeehan2014 at gmail.com. So if anyone has a question, they could, they can send me an email for sure, or just send me a message, um, over Facebook that usually works the best. Um, you know, and if they're interested, I've got a few books out there. If they're interested in uh, history or philosophy, they might sure. like the last one I wrote. It's called, uh, Stoicism in the State House. Uh, so we might be able to cover some of that um, maybe after election. If, uh, if you guys, uh, you know, care to have me back on, that'd be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. I enjoy the conversation. So, yeah. Yeah. It um, was a great conversation. Thanks again. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll let you go. We'll, um, we'll, I'll hit you back up to come back on later on and just let us know when you're freed up and we'll definitely get you back on. Yeah. And All right. thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Yep. Okay. God bless. All right. God thanks. Bless. Bye. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Me Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsen W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. 
You can find On the Run with Remsha W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Welcome back, back from that nice break. Um, interview's all done, interview's over. It's kind of weird coming back like we just got done with the right. interview when the yeah. interview was actually like Thursday. Thursday, so five days ago. Yeah. It's been, it's been a few days ago. And I, I just kind of want to maybe talk for a couple minutes about um, the interview and how it went and everything. Because now that you've got to hear it, we I don't feel like we're giving spoilers and yeah. stuff like that. The thing I found most interesting was, even aside from the the local politics, the state politics, and all that stuff he talked about, he really seemed to hit a lot of points that we've been talking about a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. For example, like he talked about um, the devaluing of the dollar right. and how that's important, and right. how how that inevitably will basically end end the society as we know it. Mm-hmm. If if we don't turn that around, and I mean, we right. did a whole entire episode about that, right. yeah. about cashless society, and I w- I would love to talk to, about him with some of that stuff, right? Yeah. And some of um. Then he also uh, compared what's going on with the French Revolution, and we've yeah. been doing that for right months now, yeah. Like going back and forth with that, and then the the um communist rev- revolution, mm-hmm. the um yeah in, in Russia back in the nineteen what was it did eighteen seventeen eighteen yeah. somewhere in there. So it was interesting that he's making these same comparisons that right. we've been making for yeah. months now. Right. And so I feel like we could have dug into oh, so easily. much more stuff with him Yeah. Um, if we had more than an hour. And like he said, um, we definitely want to have him back on the show and get right. into some of this other stuff, get into some of the books he's written and, and stuff that doesn't pertain to elections. But for mm-hmm. now, being election season, that's right. what he's going through. Yeah. That's what he was here to talk about. So. Uh, we we went with that for this time, mm-hmm. but look forward to uh, getting him back on to having some of these other discussions in the in the near future. Hopefully, as as his schedule frees up and right. as um, we push forward with the show, because um, he'd definitely be good good uh, guest to have on for talking about almost anything that we talked right. about. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to get his you know just like you said his views on things like you know the Fed and. Um, because he seemed definitely, even though he's Republican, has a lot of libertarian uh, leanings. Mm-hmm. Um, so just interested in his views on some of the things. Yeah, definitely. So that gets us into um, kind of what's been going on this week. Because um, I mean, there's a lot of it, I guess you could say. What's going on? A little, um, bit. A little bit. As we as we talked about early in the the episode, um, the 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 debates happened this week. We covered that. You might have. Caught our live stream. It didn't go without a hitch because uh, we had some technical difficulties, but we did get to do some coverage, which was, which was good. Yeah. Um, that that whole thing was just a blatant shit show, though. Oh my gosh! Like, there was nothing good about that show. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know, just well, break break down your your feelings of the debate. Well, I mean, it was it was nothing was a surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trump went in the way he always goes into a debate, right? By trying to dominate the stage, always trying to have the last word, 
and and just you know making sure people knew he was the strong man on the stage. Right. You know that's that's what he does. Biden, you know, I think Biden tried to play the political guy. You know, he tried to take the political answers. You know, there's a lot of times we were yelling at the screen, just answer the question, you yeah. know, or he just yeah. kind of danced around. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and then you have Chris Wallace debating Trump for right. you know, 15, 20 minutes. We were both like, what, what is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> and it was almost like he was, he was, uh, feeding Biden with, yeah. Um, what what you meant to say, Mr. Vice President? What you meant to say? Right, I got to right, get my yeah. Chris Wallace voice. <laughs> you so what you're saying is this? Absolutely. That right. That, right that's yeah. a good answer now, right there. Now, now you Ms. know what? you Mr. should Trump. run for president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, do you want a job on my staff? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And you know. And but if you look at the if you look back at the debates of 2016, right? Like Trump was he was the same way with Hillary, the first debate. And then as they got closer to the election, he tried to get more factual, a little bit more presidential, I guess you would say, mm -hmm. because I remember his best debate was the third one. And he was really good and on point about making his points, but Hillary would derail him because all she would have to do is throw out an accusation. And any accusation she threw, he felt the need to defend himself. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. how she would derail him. He's defending his character. Right. Exactly. And, and he's got such an ego. Yeah. It's like... Oh, yeah. Anytime you're going to come at his ego, he's going to feel the need to stand up and and. Which I almost feel that was kind of his intentions towards Biden because Biden has all the talking points. He mm. he's proven himself that as long as you stay on on point with the notes, he does okay. Right. But if you throw him like a curveball, right, and derail him, he can get really flustered really quick. And I think that was, uh, yes, Trump does run his mouth and constantly interrupt all right. the time. But I feel like his main goal was to throw Biden off and oh, get yeah. him flustered to right. the point where people can see, well, he's he he's not as good right as as everyone's get saying him to he is. Pop a vein or something. Right. <laughs> and uh yeah, so what do you think about um, you know, them talking about, you know, Biden having like this wire system that, you know, hooked through his I wouldn't doubt it. I, I wouldn't either. So I mean it just seemed but I thought it was interesting how he, you know he throws out all these stats, and you know I was looking at the the fact fact checkers you know and they're they're like well it's not necessarily accurate you know and I feel mm -hmm. like debaters they think by throwing out stats it, they sound more credible right. you know it, it doesn't have to be the right stat right. you know it's just just throw out big numbers just throw out big numbers and people are like oh wow that's really smart you mm -hmm. know um, what do you think about uh, Trump go, uh, kind of going after uh, Biden's son a little bit. That was brutal. Yeah. I mean, that was really brutal, but um, nobody's talking about that, though. Like, nobody is really talking that much about the fact that he did. I mean, he, he, there, I mean, Biden sat there and said, oh, that's disproven and all this stuff, but right. show me the proof that it's been right. disproven because everything I've seen, um, he did take money from the right. Moscow mayor's wife or, oh, yeah. And he was absolutely was kicked out of the military for uh, drug use for yeah. popping for cocaine that's on the that's on his wikipedia page i yeah. looked that up so for him to say that's if he if he said that's not true that is 100 percent true right. so I, I had seen some people on the left side trying to defend uh hunter saying well i mean what do you expect his mother was killed by a drunk driver when he was a kid you know his best friend his brother died of a brain tumor of course, he's going to be a substance abuse. So Trump needs to be sympathetic and and, but I don't care. But I don't either, either way. Either way, 
I don't care if he got kicked right. out of the military for drugs. No, it exactly. It applies nowhere well, in this election. I know, I agree. The only thing I look at it is, and it would be the same with Trump, you know, he had property in Russia or mm-hmm. his son was involved in real estate deals yep. overseas, is it's it's a point of um, vulnerability to the president. Sure. If he becomes president, that his son has these relations well, yeah. within foreign governments. Yeah, if the the dealings absolutely pertain to right. the presidential campaign. Right, but his drug abuse, his drug abuse kicked out of the army. Not, yeah, not no, it was That's no. like, yeah. So, um, what was it? During the 16 election or shortly after, um, they accused Barron Trump of being um, like autistic uh, or I something. That, they yeah. attacked, right. which that's a kid, so that's even a whole new level right, of yeah. flow. But still, who who cares what problems right. the president's son has gone through? George freaking W. Bush. Right. Yeah, was in they, trouble with cocaine in, well, in and, his early days. And they tried to slam him when his daughters were out partying, you know, and mm-hmm. all the time. They were like, oh, my gosh, how can a president let his daughters do that? Right. You but, know? no, he was in trouble with cocaine use, oh, yeah, I think, in yeah. his early days. He was, he, yeah. He was the party party guy. Yeah. yeah. And so, and he was president. Mm-hmm. It was, and, and his that's dad even, was, too. Yeah, his yeah. dad was. And nobody it, said, what, do you, what about George W.? Is he snorting coke on the weekends? Well, actually, actually, he is. <laughs> exactly. Right now, actually. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, it's I, coke, of, coke 30. Yeah, it's about coke time. <laughs> but no, I, I thought that was a low blow, the cocaine thing. Yeah. But then Joe Biden tried to bring in um, the sob story of his other son that was killed. Right, right. He's like, well, I know my... Um, Boba, are you talking about Boba? No, I'm talking about the one right. that you know got right. kicked well, out. And then Trump, yeah, Trump's like, I, I don't even know who Bo is. He's <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, I don't know Bo, but I know Hunter. <laughs> yeah, so right. it was kind of shitty on both sides. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But like you um, said, it, it quickly devolved into the worst possible. Yeah, it was an example a, of what a debate could be. Yeah, it was a it was the kindergarten fight. It, it was, was trying. And Chris Wallace even had to get up and say, don't make me raise my voice. <laughs> have you ever heard a, a debate moderator have to threaten to raise his voice right. at yeah. a debate before? That's just yeah. ridiculous that that had to happen. Yeah. So now they're trying to say, well, there shouldn't be any other debates if Trump's not going to follow the rules. And, you know, Biden Based shouldn't. On- exactly. It's like, no, you need people need to do the freaking debate. You need to go up there and, and just deal with what you're going to deal with. So right. I, I still don't understand why they can't kill the mic. You know, it's like I, just cut it out. Yeah, exactly. he's gonna keep interrupting where he's right. gonna derail freaking Biden. Button, but we won't hear him. We exactly. don't have to just to see it. his little mouth. I can do that and... to you right now. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and that's enough of you. <laughs> Mute. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense that uh they just let it go on. And I mean, it's it's stupid. And like honestly, did Anything out of that, did that change anybody's mind? No. Anybody who was against Trump to start with, did right. did, did no. he gain support? Did right. Biden gain support? In any of these debates, does it really change right. anybody's mind? Yeah, I, yeah, I doubt it. So. I, I do have an article here. It actually says, um, I don't know if it's an op-ed or what, but it says, My mind is made up why some viewers say Trump-Biden debates won't affect their vote. Well, no, because we're already in our camp. Right. We've made, we've dug in to the point where it doesn't matter what reason is thrown at you mm-hmm. what um i i don't know what ideas are thrown at you you've already dug That's in right. to where you're at so i'm not even going to read this article because that says enough <laughs> <laughs> i mean that says it all right there yeah. like every, and, well the one part i did want to say is um i think it said 90% of people decided that this didn't would in no way affect 
Yeah. <laughs> their vote, whether or not they vote for Trump yeah. or not. Which, I mean, why would it? I mean, it's just two grumpy old guys yelling at each other. Right. How in the world would it possibly affect your vote? And all you're going, to, all it's going to do is just reaffirm mm-hmm. the side you think. Because 50% of the country, or whatever percent's Republican, said Trump won that debate with a landslide. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he looked so strong. And Democrat and, side said yeah. Biden won that debate yep. with a landslide. Yeah, he was so presidential and poised. Yeah. Yep. So we got coming up, I think it's Wednesday, the vice presidential debates. Yes, yes. That so, sounds like it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I, well, I feel like it's going to be more interesting than... Yeah. Well, well at least... The, not more interesting. It won't be because neither of them have any real personality. That's true. It'll be more <laughs> coherent. Yes. More yeah. ideas might right. be expressed. Yeah. And well, before we get to the vice presidential uh, debates and talk about that, um, did you see the the Saturday Night Live skit? Oh yeah, with yeah. Jim Carrey doing yeah. Joe Biden. He did a great Joe Biden. That was the that was amazing. That was the best um, uh, presidential election character that I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live. And I expected no less from right. Jim Carrey, to be honest. Oh, when yeah. I heard he was doing it, I was like, I don't see it, right. but I know he's going to nail the fuck out of it yeah. because it's Jim Carrey. Right. He's yeah. going to do everything to make himself... Yeah. He Down to the creepy smile, the dead <laughs> yeah. eyes, yep. and he's sitting yeah. there like as um, Alec Baldwin's character is just like interrupting him. He's just like, no, Joe... Don't do it. Don't go there, Joe. <laughs> yeah. We've worked on this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And so it, it was just super funny. The, yeah. the, obviously, it was more one-sided towards the left. But oh, they, yeah. I mean, they did show a lot of flaws in, right. in Biden's yeah. character. Yeah. Like, I, I have six, the beginning of 67 thoughts in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But um, uh, the one thing that stood out to me is the Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris mm-hmm. um, character. Um, she comes out and she basically is like bossing Biden around right, yeah. and bossing she's them both mom. around. Yeah. yeah. And she's just like, now if I got to hear from you too again and like, right. you say sorry now. And she's like, but that just says to me you, that you leave my Joe alone. Yeah. They, they, they already know who's going to be in charge Absolutely. when, they, if, if Biden and Kamala win, they know who's going to be in charge Absolutely. here. Yeah. Who's going to be wearing the pants. It's not going to be no. sleepy Joe. Right. They yeah. fully intend on Harris being basically the person right. in charge. She, she's going to be the president. And yeah. and that showed on Saturday Night Live. That also shows in this article I got about the vice presidential debate. It says, it is titled, I will pull it up, hang on. So it says, uh, the most important vice presidential debate in American history. That's, wow. that's really important. That's, that's huge. So it says, Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night's debate between Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Kamala. It's Kamala or Kamala? It's Kamala. Kamala. It's Kamala. Okay. I I, 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 I like saying Kamala, but it, it is too. Kamala. Uh, will be the most important of its kind since VP debates began 40 years ago. While VP debates see less fanfare, that's an understatement uh, right. of what that shit show circus was. Right. Um, Less fanfare than the sparring matches at the top of the ticket, the 2020 races and the unique events surrounding it have made the Pence-Harris face-off especially newsworthy. That's why we're reporting on it, because this is especially newsworthy. (laughs) This is going to be my newsworthy voice from now on, that Chris Wallace voice. It's perfect. As the president lays in Walter Reed Hospital, battling a virus that has already killed 210,000 Americans, we are reminded that the vice president 
is a heartbeat away from the presidency. <laughs> and given the experiences of some COVID-19 patients often referred to as the long haulers, questions about presidential inca incapacitation have taken center stage. Vice, pre Vice presidential debates tend to be boring events focused on how best a candidate would help the president if elected and what types of policies an administration would pursue. In the background of the debates is always the recognition that either individual must be ready to become president if their ticket succeeds. However, the 2020 race offers the two oldest presidential nominees in American history. Wow, they're not giving either one of these guys much yeah. credit. No, they're not. They're basically saying, well, you know, they're <laughs> probably both going to die yeah. anyway. They're not even going to make it through the first year. So why did we put these fuckers up then? Right. Like, if they're not likely to make it, right? why are they it here? Was, it was Joe's turn. It was his turn. And Trump's the incumbent. So. Why does Joe need a turn? <laughs> that, I'm convinced that's how they do it. Oh, I do. Okay, I it's too. Hillary's turn, so Hillary's going to do oh, it. Yeah. Oh, it's Joe's turn. Okay, Joe's going to do does it. Does Bernie ever get a turn? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, where was I? We were talking about... All right, uh, here it is. All right, got it. Yes. The oldest, oldest, the old guys. One of whom is currently battling a serious health crisis... President Donald Trump and another who has dealt with serious health a series with serious health challenges in the 80s former vice president Joe Biden what health, health problems in the 80s did he have that we don't what Joe are, Biden yeah i don't remember him having any and why does what health things he went through 40 years ago matter to us now right. yeah only because they're trying to make a point about the vice presidential yeah. and the fact that he's dementia and his brain is turning to mush right whether Mr. Trump is reelected or Mr. Biden wins next month, they will be sworn in during a deadly pandemic that has proven to be uh, <laughs> particularly dangerous to older men. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going there. I mean, they, they have, Yeah, they went there, but Trump beat it like a champ. Yeah, they have no so. intention of either one surviving long <laughs> enough to make it through this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it says, and Americans will be watching the VP easily become president, not because they ran for the office, but because they succeeded yeah, to they're, the They're office. setting it up. Yeah. They're setting the whole yeah. thing up. We've been talking about that at least for, yeah. with Biden mm -hmm. for the entire time that he's been right. running yeah. because they're like, well, they don't intend on him actually being no. president. So it's whoever is his VP the nominee man has is, dementia. That's who they're they're yeah. wanting to elect as the president. Um says the VP debate will take place in a largely empty hall. Who cares? Who no, fucking cares? Yeah. Um, they should do it at a McDonald's. It says, an open discussion of an incapacitated or dead president may seem macrobay. <laughs> Mr. Trump's and Mr. Biden's age and health history demand it. Wait, Mr. Trump's history and his age? Yeah, both their age and then their, oh, okay. like their medical okay. history. Uh, so it says... Yeah, um, basically the end of it says Mr. Trump and or Mr. Pence and Ms. Harris have the opportunity to do something that the president and former vice president did not last week. Be the presidential candidate America wants and needs right now. That is critically true this week with renewed focus on a single reality. One of them may be president sooner than planned. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, it'll be interesting to see because I think... I mean, people, if they're voting for Biden, they're voting for they're voting for him because of Kamala mm -hmm. or Kamala. Yeah, absolutely. And and they don't make any secret about that. But 
not only a lot of people talk about Pence, but I mean, the dude's solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he's been in politics for a while. He knows his stuff, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. He's much further right than Trump ever was. Oh, he so is much further yeah. right. Well, and I think he he was meant to be a stabilizing force for mm-hmm. for Trump. It was probably part of the deal, you know, when he was the nominee. It's like, well, he look, was, he was going to draw a lot of the really right or right. like really yeah. conservative Christian mm-hmm. views was with with Mike Pence. Yeah. So, so that's why they brought him on board. Right. So I mean. Say what you want, I guess. Uh, Trump did come down with COVID, and we are going to talk about that too. But I don't think we're at the point where we need to talk about um, no uh, whether or not Mike Pence or Kamala Harris are going to take over. Can't we? Ju- can we just right. get through <laughs> yeah. the presidential phase election phase one? Let's first. get through phase one. That right? I can only handle so yeah, much right, right now. I know. No, and, uh, obviously we have to come to terms with the fact that at any point. Any president, whether regardless of age, could die, mm. could come down with COVID and die, or get shot in the fucking head like right. one of the youngest presidents in the history of the United right. States yeah. did. So, I mean— and, and Yeah, and in terms of the, the fact that, yeah, this is—I mean, we are an extremely divided country right now, and I would not put a—I mean, some chick from Canada sent poison to the president, you know, last—what, last month. Yep. So, you know, it would not, I would not put it past someone trying something. So right, yeah, I I want to either. I mean, I feel like it's harder to take yeah. out the president now than it was like in the sixties, right. but but still, I I yeah. want it down. I'm surprised there weren't haven't been more hits on the president or attempts yeah. on the president. Right, what um, was uh, was Reagan the last uh, the last attempt that we know of? Right, right. Well, yeah, <laughs> that they talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the closest, I mean, he had gotten shot. So. Like like I said, the the debates are going this Wednesday. I'm not sure if we're gonna get to cover them like the presidential. Yeah. Um. I, I'd like to, but I I. I, I we'll see what I'm d- doing. I might be able to get on and do some coverage. Oh, yeah. Um. I'll I'll see what my brother's up to and see if there's any any chance. Um. If y'all are dying to see that again, um, let me know. Hit me up. I'll, I'll try to make something happen. If you are just completely over it or have no interest in even hearing these vice presidential candidates or Kamala Harris's um, Janice voice from Friends, um, let me know that too. Because I don't want to do something you don't oh want to do. my God. But if you definitely want it to happen, I, I mean, I'll do what I can in my power to make that happen. Just because, I mean, you guys kind of make this thing happen. So if you want it, we'll make it happen. And then maybe maybe I'll call you up and get you on a Zoom chat for at least a little bit while, yeah, while we're doing it. So we can... Um, Maybe do something there. Yeah. So uh, we got that to, I guess you could say, look forward to. I did read that um, the VP uh, debates, they're going to have plexiglass between the two of them now, just in case one sneezes in the other one's direction. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. So I was... <laughs> whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Clear uh, the room. Sh- Clear the room. Damn it. <laughs> it's going to be like Monsters, Inc. <laughs> quarantine <laughs> yes absolutely for the sock yeah <laughs> they're gonna shave them <laughs> oh man yeah. uh, man we could we could do so much put a little cone around his neck <laughs> they should do that for trump <laughs> put a should. cone around his head he needs it <laughs> well off topic did you see those 
think was, I don't know if it's Asia or somewhere. The waitresses instead of having the down facing oh, mask, they had the up facing yeah, mask. Yeah, you showed that to me. So yes. when they're breathing, it's not going down towards the food they're carrying, and it looked like freaking <laughs> dog cones that they were wearing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Trump needs. They need to give Trump a dog cone. Yeah, they do. They do. He comes out for the next debate. He's wearing. <laughs> It's got a little electroshock color on it. This is this isn't uh this isn't for COVID. This is uh this is a new trend that I'm trying to style it. It, it is it's like the best road cone or uh, dog cone I've ever had. It's it's just ridiculous. That 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 um answer is the one that killed me in the debate every time. And they're like, oh, you know, what would you talk about? What you my administration was the greatest administration at you know. Yes. <laughs> it's just like. With the, the most, list. the most successful. You're just saying things now. Yeah, right. You're not saying what you did. <laughs> you say it's the best. Just yeah, look at all right. my numbers. Well, tell me your numbers. You're just you just look. Just We're the look best. Yeah, yeah. So what what are you going to do? Have you seen my administration with the yeah. best administration? We have the best plan ever. We we have lowered the 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 price of this for so much more than anybody else ever had. It's just and like, then there was a uh, there was Biden. Anytime they ask him, it's like, you know. You know what, America? It's just really important right now that you get out and vote. Yeah. Just right. just, yeah. just just get just out. Vote. Yeah. You, you what the the important thing right now, Chris, it, it's not the economy, it's not the pandemic, it's that that you get out and vote. <laughs> it's just like yeah. it didn't matter what the question was. There was that yeah. one time when he didn't answer the question uh, at all. Yeah. I think I yelled at the TV and yeah. like, "Dude, just answer the question." Yeah, and he's like <laughs> You just and you called it too. You're like, yeah. yeah you just need to get out and vote. And you just joking around, and he like look, like faces the camera yeah. perfectly. And he's like, you just got to get out and vote. I was just like, oh well, my god. They, well, they had asked him about like what one of his plans were for something, and he's like, you know, I I have plans, but you know, it just you just got to get out and vote. And it's like, whatever, man. If you vote for me, I'll tell you my plan. Yeah, that's I've exactly, got a plan. Yeah. To end the this pandemic, but you got to vote for me first. Yeah. We're going to save millions of lives, yeah. but I, you got to vote for me first. That's what I think. That's one of the things Hillary had talked about. She was when she was running. She's like, I have a plan, but you got to vote for me to see what it is. Mm. It's like it's like oh, if okay. you want to save lives, let's hear this now because <laughs> yeah. we could end this now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Trump got COVID. He did. Yeah, he did. Trump did get COVID. Um, is he on a, a like a? Is he got like a Darth Vader mask going on now? Is he like walking around <laughs> no. in a suit? That's no. too bad because that no. would be sweet. He's not wearing anything. Mm. Uh, let's see. Let me find the articles. COVID nineteen updates. That's not it. Oh, I don't even. Here we go. I was gonna say I can't even find it. Uh, so, uh, what was it? Friday morning was that? Like at one o'clock in the morning, Trump, or yeah. it was it was announced on social media that Trump tested positive for COVID. Right, and I happened to still be up, and so I got to see that firsthand, mm -hmm. and then wake up to the shit show mm -hmm. at eight o'clock when everyone's losing their minds over right. it. The guy has COVID, yes, uh, but but this is just a sign of his failed presidency, right. his failed reaction well, to. COVID. There was that, and then there was those. That, he's faking it. Mm. He's just trying to oh, get yeah. out of other debates. That this well, is that, all. It. They wants to take atten attention off his uh, tax right. stuff. Yeah, right, right. Like, like that's what he would do. He would, he would put his can <laughs> campaign. That's the election's a month away. Put his campaign on hold for two weeks. Right. The guy wouldn't put his campaign on hold for anything right. in the middle of the yeah. worst part of the this right. thing. But hey, just to. 
sidestep the fact that I only paid $750 right. because of laws that were set by another president or in another Congress. Right. I'm going to put my campaign on hold for two weeks just to it, just to gain some support. And um, it's like he's, he's pulling a, a pierce from community with a oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, I, Trump's ego would not allow that. No, he would, would not, not fake yeah. COVID to the yeah. and it's it's obvious because what like two days, three days later, he's already out of the hospital right. and heading back to the yeah, White House. Right. Oh, and then and then you had the people that you know I, there now there were some people to give them credit that were on my social media page from the left. They were like, you know, don't agree with the guy, but he is the president. Prayers, you know, and thoughts and prayers for the president, and the first lady. You know, hope they get better. But then there were some that was like, good, I hope he dies. That's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. There was tons of people. Like, I had one guy that was like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I hope Trump dies. Mm -hmm. He's like, you can ask me how I sleep at night. This is how. I'm going to close my eyes mm -hmm. and fall asleep hoping that Trump dies. Yeah. Just like, That's horrible. That is cold as shit. Yeah. I don't care who the person is. Right? They're like, well, he's responsible for 200,000 deaths, so it's karma. And. Saturday Night Live skit yeah. basically said yeah said karma that. and science. Uh, can uh, it would just be nice if karma and science would come together and mm -hmm. just send him a message, right? And then he, they all look at him. Yeah, it's like so. Yeah, well, and then they were like, and you know, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, or you know, I hope he suffers. I mean, it was just like all over the place. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like to wish that on your own president. president. Yeah, right. And to say that he is single-handedly responsible for 200,000 right, deaths yeah. when, again, state level, look at the, the state reactions to this. Right. Like some yeah. freaking uh, New York putting sick patients in nursing homes right. and yeah. the majority of the the cases at the time mm -hmm. were in nursing homes. Is there a coincidence there? Probably not. Yeah. Um, and then he came out. Well, first he came out and um, blamed... The staff of the nursing homes. Right. And the caretakers. Yeah. Recently, he came out and he was saying, that didn't happen at all. He's like, our hospitals had empty beds. Is he, this Cuomo? It, whoever. New York? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. He's like, that, that didn't happen. Yeah. He's like, um, we had plenty of hospital beds. There was all these empty beds. Why would I do that? That didn't. Right. That's false. That didn't happen. So he's just completely denying right. it now. Yeah. So before he was blaming the caretakers. Right. And now it's just like, what? What? Yeah. What are you talking about? It's just yeah. rewriting history. Right. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, well, and I think part of them, they were pissed that Trump didn't come out and be like, we're shutting down the country. You know, mask mandate. You know, everything's shut down because they want to paint him as a fascist. Well, first, you know, in an he did shut down. He shut down travel from China. Right. Yeah, and they, and said, they said that he's racist. Fascist and racist. Yeah, and then they're complaining that he's not shutting down. Mm -hmm. and it it yeah. doesn't matter what the guy does. No. They're going to yeah, they're going to come be after pissed him. about it. Right, exactly. So, and now they're pissed that he's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you know he he's walking out of the hospital and he takes off his mask and. And he tweets, like, don't be afraid of COVID. You know, yep. don't let it run your life. And people are like, what the hell is he saying? Yep. Yes, be scared. You're just right. downplaying it. Yeah. Well, he was like, uh, I mean, the picture or the video they shot of him where he took his mask off, he was nowhere near anybody else. And like, look at that. There it is. He's doing this for a photo op. There yeah, it is. Right. Um, but then there's this video from the BBC that you sent me. I'm going to try to pull it up here. <laughs> It was it was ridiculous. Oh shit! Where'd that video go? 
Oh, here we go. We don't have our ducks in a row today. Why not? I don't know. This ain't blowing up this time, though. There we go. All right. Let me share this. So this is a video of him just driving away waving. an unbelievable scene the president who's being treated for coronavirus part of his convoy has just come down this busy road all traffic has been cleared and the president is waving at his supporters to say Bastard. thank you for How coming dare you? to back him while he is meant to be in the hospital and you can see all the vehicles of a presidential convoy accompanying the president he's just He's just doing what Hitler would do. This is this is unbelievable. He's driving in a presidential convoy, stopping traffic, and waving at his, his supporters when he should be in the hospital. This is just this is unheard outrageous, of. Outrageous! Outrageous! How, how dare you? And they need a uh, Greta Thunberg soundbite of oh her saying, gosh. "How dare you?" Yeah. Like. Yeah. They're outraged that. As his limo is driving by, he waves at his supporters. And he's wearing a mask in that right. one. Too. And yeah, his limo right. on that and one. his own limo. Waved at... All he did was wave. That is literally it. Yeah. And that was enough to outrage the media. Yeah. That says so much about the, the media's reaction towards Trump. Whether you like the guy or you freaking hate the guy, this says everything about it. It's like, it doesn't matter what the guy's going to do. They're going to be fucking pissed oh, off yeah. at him. Right. Oh, I can't believe... He would drive his motorcade through right. the busy streets. Yeah. Well, how else is he going to get home? <laughs> I mean, I guess he could have taken his helicopter, yeah, right. but I mean, zipline. Who, who cares? Right. Most countries want to they give want the perception that their leader is, leader is powerful. And, yeah. Exactly. He's not weak. He's not incapacitated. Well, yeah. Doesn't matter if you like him. Right. Even North Korea, as ruthless as they say that is, they they don't want to give the perception. Like all these rumors that have come out about uh, Kim Jong Un dying or being right. having a stroke, that they, yeah. they seal that really quick. They're like, no, that's you know, yeah. it's fine. Right. He's good right. because they don't want to look like a weak country. Right. We don't give a shit if we look like a weak country as right. long as Trump. We're bashing on Trump. Yeah. What do you think the other countries think of us when we are? I mean, right. Yeah. And that was BBC too. That wasn't even somebody right. from our country. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it, did you see where Kim Jong Il actually like? wished trump like to get better fast oh and, i'm like, sure they're outraged about oh that yeah too. they're like can you believe that can you believe that he would do that it's like he has the support of right. a communist dictator yeah right so this here is an article from al jazeera this guy andrew mitrovica mm -hmm. is a toronto-based writer and this is um he writes no i will not wish donald trump well he says it will be the defining image of his rancid presidency. Now, this guy goes all out with this poetic writing. There, Donald Trump stood in a near barren room in the White House, doing what he loves to do most, staring into a camera. But his time he looked this time he looked worn, his shoulders slumped, the tissue thin vitality of his perpetual bronze sprayed on tan was gone. Instead, Trump's glaring, almost sheet white complexion revealed a suddenly small and sick man. 
When? What picture was this? I, I didn't know. see this picture. Yeah, well, even the picture they show, he looks normal. He looks pretty orange still. <laughs> he tried to feign confidence. He tried to convince viewers that he was fine. He tried to be reassuring, but like every other act of his pestilent president, Trump's latest made-for-TV performance was a choreographed lie. He looked like a man who understood that he had been infected by a lethal virus. No way. He, he looked has. like a man who also understood his blaring bluster and bravado could no longer conceal the truth about who and what he is. He looked frightened. Oh. This calculating charlatan who has spent his life burnishing a comic book-like character of himself as a steely, uncompromising tough guy was alone and exposed, reduced to a scared, hollow man, abruptly confronting his mortality. Now he goes on like this for a little bit. And then uh, kind of t talks about different things he does. Talks about his intellectual ignorance, his callousness, his lack of compassion. Um, goes on and on. And he goes, their squalid hypocrisy and deceit have confirmed what we already know. Trump and his accomplices value their lives and not the lives of other people. I will not wish Trump well. I wish for his con convincing defeat on November 3rd. That is what should preoccupy our thoughts and energy from this moment until that day. Nothing more or less. Thank you. I mean, you are just a spectacular human, <laughs> excellent journalist to cover this. Yes, yes. Sure, the guy looks sick. You know why? Because he was. Because he was freaking sick. Yeah. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. Like, look how weak he looks. He looks so sick. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they probably... Change the tone on the picture to make him look more pale. You know right. they do that. They oh, probably yeah. turn down the saturation right. to yeah. get rid of his orange orange look. Yeah. Because that, nothing could have pissed them off more than him being healthy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and it did too. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, sh how is he alive? Right. Yeah. Why? Why isn't he on a ventilator? Why are you here? Yeah. And then to take off his mask and tweet, you know, don't let COVID run your life. Holy shit! That's yeah. the last yeah. thing they wanted to hear. Yeah. And. uh portray this image of strength when they clearly want him to look like this weak, like right. sickly like man Joe Biden. that um, he can't possibly run this country because right. of how sick he is right. with this uh, deadly virus. And yeah, for him to completely um, reverse that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they hate that. They absolutely yeah. hate that. And I mean, it's just ridiculous. We live in a world where it's just like, mm -hmm. I'm pissed that this man got better. Right. He should yeah. have just keeled over and died. Well, I, and I guess if you think of him as Hitler, as everyone says right. he is, as the media portrays he, him right. as he is, then sure. Right. But it's all freaking lies, first Absolutely. of all. The yeah. way, I mean, yes, he's not a great president. He's definitely not the greatest president no. in the world. He, no. But he's not freaking Hitler either. No. Right. And for people to betray him or say that he's single-handedly responsible for right. 200,000 deaths in the yeah. country— it's all lies. Right. It's all made up. Yeah. The the man is he, he's not a politician. He is not a debater. He doesn't have he's probably not the best with compassion, but again, you know what 68-year-old New Yorker right. does. Man. Right. Exactly, you know. I <laughs> Billionaire. mean, but but he is what he is. And, you know, he makes the decisions he feels are best and again he's not a fascist and i think that pisses people off because they want him to be mm -hmm. you know and um it's just it's just a joke yeah yeah so and then it, i mean 
you got 30 people, I think we had read that um, of the White House staff. It, it's they're calling it the Trump COVID outbreak. 30 people were um, diagnosed or yeah, as COVID positive. Yes. Including his aide Kaylee Mc McKinney, yeah, the, the press secretary McKinney, um, yep. the hottie. Um, <laughs> Greg Laurie is a senior pastor that he went to the that um, what was it? What was that oh, ceremony? That, it was the, um, the prayer march. Yeah, the prayer march. Yeah, so he tested positive, which yep. he might not even got it from Trump. He just right. happened to be right. around him in recently. a group. Yeah, Melania, Melania, Senator Ron Johnson. Uh, Chris Christie, yes, uh, several people. Nick Luna is Trump's body man. This says body I've man? never heard it considered a body like a man. Fluffer? <laughs> oh, no, no, stop it. Um, Donald Trump, obviously. Yes. Um, let's see, Melania. We said, and then some others. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's some housekeeping others. staff. Um, a couple other aides. Yes, housekeeping. <laughs> you want me fluff your pillow? Speaking see, of lovers, see, <laughs> um, yeah. So there, I mean, thirty overall. They, as they're calling it, the Trump COVID outbreak. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, I haven't heard anybody being in serious condition as of yet. Mm -hmm. So everybody's in quarantine. Everybody seems to be fine. Yep. Yep. I haven't heard anybody that's in critical critical condition. They had some concerns about trump because yeah. like there was a couple times his oxygen levels dipped under right. 94 which is like bad so they had to yeah. supplement oxygen oxygen at least once maybe mm -hmm. twice um from what i heard because i heard um the medical team's press uh release that they did what yesterday i think they right. came out and were just saying some of the treatments that they did um so I mean, other than that, they were just saying he was fatigued and he right. had a fever, right. and that was as much as they they all of them said he doesn't display shortness of breath. Mm -hmm. He's not complaining about it or anything. So right. I mean, it, that doesn't seem to be the case. But his oxygen did dip lower, right? And he did have a high fever, but otherwise there wasn't really that much, right. and that's got to piss him all off. Oh yeah, right. I mean, he should have been one of the ones that are hospitalized for. Right. Ever indefinitely. Yeah. Right. Permanently on a, a breathalyzer, you know. Ventil ventilator. Ventilator, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not he a probably is on a breathalyzer. Yeah, he's got one of those in his yeah. in his car. <laughs> <laughs> I can start my car now. Oh ridiculous, man. Yeah. Um but um speaking of Melania, some other stuff came out earlier in the week about her. Was that before she the outbreak or uh, after, after? After, yeah. Some some friend, ex friend, yeah. wrote a book about her She's because she crappy. Re she recorded uh, conversations with her, signed a non disclosure agreement, broke all of that, broke her friendship. The lady's a complete bitch, in my opinion. Yeah. For like, you're not a friend. No, no. Came out complete and released, opportunist. Released all the shit about um, Melania. Yeah. Some of the stuff, and it's just like. Melania just voicing her frustration right. and her human as, side. As a friend would. Yeah. Right? Like, some of the things she complained about was um, them, them, like, the press giving her crap for not decorate, not wanting to decorate for Christmas. Right. She says, I'm working my ass off on the Christmas stuff, you know. Who gives a fuck about the Christmas stuff and decorations? <laughs> but I need to do it, right? She continues, okay, and then I do it and say that I'm working on Christmas and planning for the Christmas and they say 
oh, what about the children uh, that were separated, like the mm-hmm. at the border? Give me a fucking break. <laughs> where, where they were saying anything when Obama did that? I cannot go. I was trying to get the kid reunited with the mom. I didn't have a chance. Needs to go through the process and through the law. So I mean, it's it's right. showing this human side of her, right. her which is really good for her actually. Bitching because, with her friend, right? Which again, people do now. I saw that there was um oh, and there was one where she wore some jacket. And her, and uh, I remember that yeah, too. She's like, you know, um, her friend was. Oh, she's like, everybody's pissed off. I wore this jacket, and she goes, um, you know, she and she kind of like laughed about it. And she's like, I, you know, I kind of like driving the the left crazy, yeah. you know, and the media crazy about it, right? And then, um, and when then uh, they were asking her friend, like, you know, like, does she go along with Trump? You know, does she support her husband? Uh-huh. And she goes, Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. She supports her husband a hundred percent. And so, I mean, to me, it's it's nothing bad yeah again it humanizes her which is what she needs right right but for her to just kind of blow off the children right. because what I, and that's not what it, she was saying she's right. like based she didn't have a chance to do more she right. wanted to do more she said mm-hmm. but it had to go through the process right and um then just going back and forth it's like well you wanted me to deal with the fucking christmas tree <laughs> right. how am yeah. i gonna do that too i can't yeah, do everything I, yeah <laughs> It's yeah. just funny. Like, yeah. and, and, just, and again, a friend that would record a conversation like that, and to me, is just like blows my mind. But again, you see what kind of person she is. Mm-hmm. So I hope she yep. enjoys whatever endorsement checks she ends up getting because that was a pretty shitty thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, she's probably going to get her ass sued, first of all, which and she, she should. should. She should. Right. You can't record somebody without them knowing. It says... Walkoff was Trump's first hire for the East Wing. Who's Walkoff? Is that her? Is that uh, in the book? Walkoff revealed private conversations. Yeah, that's her. So it says Walkoff's firm was paid more than twenty-six million dollars, most of which went to subcontractors, but a hefty amount, reportedly one point six million, went directly to Walkoff's business, according to the documents reviewed by CNN. What is this for? Oh, this is for something else. Oh, um, her firm allegedly pocketed, um says, however, in investigations into inaugural activities unfolded Walkoff's relationship with Trump unraveled, prompted by amount of money Walkoff and her events firm allegedly pocketed during the planning and execution of the inauguration. So apparently she received millions of dollars hmm. for planning the inauguration. Oh. And yet she turns around and does this shit. Wow. Yeah. Makes, like, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. It says Walkoff has known Melania for more than a decade. The two women were close for several years while both lived in New York City and operated in a similar so circle. She probably got the job because they were friends with Melania. Yeah, Melania right. suggested her and then she goes and does her this. Her firm again. got twenty six million dollars, then she turns wow. around and gets paid to release this book. Yeah. That's messed it's up. Fantastic. Like I said, what a class act. Bitch. Yeah. So that's all I want to talk about her. Yeah. I mean, there's I'm sure there's more to this Melania stuff, but I think I think they're making it a bigger deal than they it is are. because they're, they're trying they're, to they're make stretching it whatever story. they can find. Right. Yeah. And to put it in a freaking book, you know you're just run chasing after that check. Right. You weren't like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe she right. said that. No, you're chasing after yeah. that. I could get paid a lot to release this. Yeah. Lots of money. And it's not like she's sitting on tape being like, I can't stand my husband. I, I hate his guts. Yeah. I, I wish he would die. You know, and right. and that's 
what they were hoping for. Or you fuck know? All, all these Americans. Yeah, I, right. Yeah. I'm not even American. I don't even like any of them. <laughs> people love Mexico. I'm, I'm only here because my husband's rich. <laughs> right, yeah, I exactly. I only married him for his money. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, That's what they were hoping for. Yeah. And they didn't get any of that. And that no, pisses and them so off. they're making a, a story out of something right. that's not a story. Yeah. So, I mean, that's putting us close to the end of our two hours. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? Yeah, you had Chris Pratt in the yeah, news. There was so, a little bit of humorous stuff to right. end we're the not, night with. Since we're not doing the Party Line Patriots, this will, this will help. Yeah, this go, follows true with the election and politics and stuff that we've kind of been covering this entire episode. So this is a good way to kind of send us off. So go ahead and read that thing. Yeah, so this Pratt. is in regards to um, they're voting for the um, People's Choice Awards. And... Um, Chris Pratt, I guess, did a Disney movie, um, Onward, which I didn't see. I heard it kind of sucked, to be honest. Um, but uh, so he comes out on Twitter and social media and says this. He goes, with all that's going on in the world, it is more important than ever that you vote. Just ask any celebrity. They will tell you every day, several times a day to vote. But me, I will tell you exactly who to vote for. Hashtag Onward. The heroes before us did not spill their blood only to have their sacrifices wasted by your apathy. The upcoming 2020 <laughs> People's Choice Awards is the most consequential vote in the history of mankind times a million infinity. Vote for hashtag onward for family movie of the year or else you will die. <laughs> that is typical Chris Pratt. No hyperbole. Click the link in my bio. Let your voice be heard. <laughs> typical... Chris yeah. Pratt. And Hollywood is pissed. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. because they're making this out to be the most important election in democracy's history, obviously. I mean, democracy dies with this. So for Chris yeah. Pratt to come out and be like, you know what's actually important? Look yeah. for my movie, because it's all that matters a million yeah. times There's infinity. Save horror, hashtag save horror comes out. I'm not really sure it's funny to tell people to vote for your animated movie while the world is how it is. Oh, comes off as privileged and totally tone deaf. This guy right. with just some guys, Black Lives Matter, says, and Chris Pratt is tasteless yet again. No, he's not. Chris Pratt's hilarious. Yeah. Have you ever watched Parks and Recreation? Oh, yeah, well, he's funny in everything I've seen him in, so. No, like I said, it's just him being him. And, yeah. and I mean, you got to have the humor there. And the, the problem is that's not allowed anymore. Oh, yeah. Like right. the humor is not allowed anymore. And I, I mentioned to you the whole um, – the guy from 21 Pilots getting canceled because right. he's somebody had said that he somebody posted the people are posting on his his um his social media accounts that um he should be more like take a stand against like Black Lives right. Matter and use his platform for better and he says y'all want me to use my platform I I thought I'd brush these off and it's a picture of him in these platform <laughs> shoes and man social media blew oh, up yeah. against him so there's yeah. just not room and he even yeah. said in his apology he's like I thought I was making a joke apparently there's not room for that anymore right. yeah. he's well, like I stand by it I love the shoes but apparently yeah. there's not room for well, that and then uh, Gina Carano from um, uh, the Mandalorian also UFC fighter you know they slammed her for Twitter because apparently she doesn't declare what gender she's coming across as you know, it's apparently that protects transsexuals, and uh, she, and they said you need to you need to you know do this to support you know kind of support and mm -hmm. protect and and she said you want me to tag my gender? How about be blue bleep bleep bleep? Yeah. <laughs> and you know it's like <laughs> like she's a robot, you know, right. and so it's just like yeah, and they get outraged. About oh that. yeah, there's, like, like I said, there's no room for humor. Yeah. 
which I'm that it amazes me that shows like ours can even stay on anywhere because that's all we do. We just talk right. shit about all of it because right. it's all hilarious to me it is. because it's hilarious how serious people take this shit yeah. and how serious we think this presidential election is when when was the last time something fucking changed based right. on the presidential election? Absolutely. Taxes maybe yeah. that's about as much as Yeah. Because of the president has really mm-hmm. been affected is your is yeah. your tax rates. Right. And I'll I'll tell you, I mean, my whole view changed, you know, with when Obama was reelected, I was like, shit, we're yeah. going to become a communist country, socialist right. country. We're going to go way over the left. This is it. This is it. And, and we're then, still here. Exactly. We're still right Jack here. Jack shit changed. And so now when I see everybody freaking about out about Trump, it's like, what's going to change? Yeah, honestly. For real. What, what is? I mean, he's been president for four years. Right. Has Roe v. Wade been overturned? Right. Has gay marriage been illegal? overturned? Right. It's, you know, are, are we putting people into camps? Right. You know, it's like, you know, just... And stop with the fear mongering. Yeah, it's all know? it is. And like we talked about earlier on with um with Pat, I mean, you should be more focused on these local level right. elections, these state elections, because things actually do change. And as right. Pat mentioned, those people aren't necessarily tied to big money. Right. And so they can actually do what they Say set out do. to do and right. promise to do and make things happen. Right. So if you want things to actually change in your life, Look, maybe maybe at least take a look because, right. as I said early in the interview, I've never voted in a state or a local election. I I do, I, I regularly. I've basis. never even. But I, to be honest, I usually don't pay attention as much to the candidates. Sure, I'll vote like maybe a straight should. party ticket. Right, oh, absolutely. absolutely. We should. We definitely should be looking and supporting and mm-hmm. doing what we can if it's somebody that you really believe in. Like I believe the shit out of um, Pat here right. and the stuff he yeah. said. He seemed like a genuine guy. He seemed Absolutely. like the thing, knew, everything he, he talked about, about was things that I would support. Right. And so, I mean, yeah. if I was in West Virginia, hell yeah, I'd vote well, for And guy. like you said, there's things that they can do at a local level that can, you know, block or reduce things that the federal level would try to push on the states. Mm-hmm. So like, it that makes the state level, local level even more important. Well, that's how it was built. Right. It oh, was, absolutely it was. Yeah. It, was, it was, wasn't designed for the federal to have this right. overall encompassing rule over all the states. It yeah. was, they were just here to kind of keep it together and um, right. deal with like interstate trade and yeah. things like that. Right. But it's become what it is today, this huge monster. Right. It's like the Stranger Things monster. <laughs> right. Like yeah. when you think of government, all you pick, you close your eyes, you just picture that tentacle. Uh, right. Yeah. What the, was that the thing mind called? Flare, the mind flare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, the federal government was meant to provide for a common defense and the overall good mm-hmm. of the country. And that was it. Yep. That was it. That's all. But here we are, 2020. Yeah. And, and you know, if Biden was president, he would have forced states to close down. He would have. Yeah. And he, he says said he's going to he do it. He yeah. Is. He's yeah. going to issue a, a mask mandate across yep. this, the whole nation, you yep. know? And we don't want any of it. I don't. I mean, what what is wrong with maybe going a few a few weeks just to try not having a president at all, not having a federal government at all. Just let's, let's just see what happens, well, guys. That's why when they said the federal government's going to close down because they can't agree with on a budget, I'm like, all right, cool. They, they do that all the time, and yet right. still nothing. Well, then they do bullshit stuff like when, when they did that during the Obama, and, was and the they military. tried to block off the parks and said, oh, you can't come in the I parks know. because the government's closed. Oh, you can't look at Mount Rushmore because the government— <laughs> But they do put a tarp over it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't close your eyes. Well, I was riding a motorcycle from, because I was in the military at the time, right. so this affected me because I thought I wasn't going to get a paycheck. Oh, right, right. That's which, what they said, is military won't get paid. They ended up passing a, oh, okay. a thing at the last minute like to, to push through that the military gets paid. But I was riding a motorcycle from North Carolina to here and back, mm-hmm. and the parks were shut down. And so I pulled into a campground, which was a state park or a, a a national park, I think, state or national. Mm-hmm. It had to have been national because it was closed down. Probably pulled into this park, and there's a slot. Or there's a thing that said, "Hey, um, we're closed down. Just put your money in the slot here." I'm just like, "Yeah, fuck that. Nobody's coming around. I'm just gonna set up my <laughs> tent over there. Who's gonna know?" You know? Right. And I did that on the way there and on the way back. And I'm just like, "Well, this is the one benefit I guess I have with these government <laughs> shutdown is yeah. I know how to pay to camp." Right. So and I was yeah. only. I mean, I was only there for like five hours, six hours just to sleep. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do your job. I'm not going to pay you. Right. That's how this works. Yeah. Right. I don't get paid if I don't do my job. Right. I'm not going to pay you if you're not doing yours. Yeah. So all that to say, definitely check out. So just, just even yeah. if you don't get out and vote, at least this year, make it a point yeah. to check out some of your- Yeah. Those annoying videos that have been popping up, you know- everywhere to vote you know so and so doesn't like so and so someone to is voting against this check them out see who they are right. write down their names because it it's important it matters yeah there are there are some people out there and local level you're not hearing about any of them anywhere so like especially if you have like kids you got mm-hmm. like the school board right i mean that directly impacts your your right. kids and, absolutely um, I don't know, even know what all other, <laughs> I mean, there's like the mayor, city council, city council uh, yeah. county supervisor, um, okay. county auditor, you know, all those offices are things right. that come down. So, so check them out. Like I said, um, check out Pat, check out all his social media stuff. Um, um, he told us where to find him. I bit, I flashed it at the bottom of the screen. I'll have it in the, in the show notes, um, where you can find him on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. Um, Hit them up on Facebook um, if you have any questions. Hit us up if you have any questions or have any um, comments on any of this stuff. As we always mention, we do have our, our forum where um, you can come like join in the discussion and um, hit us up if you have anything to talk about. That is the uh, Break the Bell Forum. Just look it up on Facebook and um, send a request and we'll let you write in if you look like a, a human being and not like a robot. So, we let some robots in. Yeah, we 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 prefer the robots, but generally we. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it kind of depends. Like that freaking Gundam. Holy <laughs> yes. crap! We didn't even get to that. That's we a whole it. show. We'll <laughs> have to do a show on the J- Japan. Was it Japanese that, robot? Yeah, sixty yeah. foot robot. <laughs> on that note, I think we're gonna let you go. We're we've overstayed our welcome as usual. Yeah. So um, we'll get out of here. Get back in here this time again next week. Um, like I said, we'll we'll try to cover the debates on Wednesday. If that doesn't happen, I apologize. If you really, really, really want it to happen, hit us up and let yeah. us know for sure because um, we want to do what you want us to do. So absolutely, um, we will see you then this time next week back absolutely. for another normal, probably normal show, a, a totally normal show, Tor- totally normal, totally show. normal. So, it's, all right, have a good right. week, Bill Breakers. Yep. See you later.